Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me, and we are back with another Monday morning episode. Chris, get us started in the normal Monday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this week. Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy, 78. In Houston, Texas, it is mostly sunny, 95 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, there are rain showers today with a high of 70 degrees. And in New York City, mostly sunny, 78. All right. Well, Chris, you know, unless I said anything, which I will, but you wouldn't know this uh, for those that are listening here. But I had to uh, get our intro out twice because I originally thought that today was Friday, evidently, and uh, it it definitely is not. (laughs) I wish it was. You know, yeah, yeah, Monday. You know, I had the epiphany last week Uh that we're halfway through 2022. You know, it is actually insane how quickly this year is gone. Just, it, it, it has flown. It's ridiculous. It really has. You know. Um, we're already five days into June, oh, God, believe it I, or not. I can't believe it. I honestly can't because it just, it feels like just yesterday that I was starting my spring semester for college and like, it feels like it was still 20 degrees. You know, this weekend it's supposed to be pretty nice. Um, My pool for the, I don't think I've talked about it, but my pool is opened. Thank yeah, God. you opened it up this year. Yeah, it's a beautiful, just beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> well, you know, ingr- oh. it's a beautiful in-ground pool. And let me tell you something: pools are great <laughs> until you have problems, <laughs> and then pools them. are god awful. <laughs> yeah. And so we've been fighting with that, and <laughs> um, well, it's been an adventure. It's been interesting. You know, at the end of this, I might as well add to my resume that I can fix pools. You know what's funny is the other morning, you know, we were doing a little work and stuff and on call and I was just listening to you struggle to try and clean certain spots of your pool. Your vacuum decided to go on an adventure to the middle of the pool. So, you know, I don't envy you for that. (laughs) You know, it's been an adventure, but I think, I think, knock on wood, knock on your head for me, Nick, Mm -hmm. that... We are all good now. The pool is fixed. It's crystal clear. It's still a little bit dirty, but we won't talk about that one. Well, when you don't open and, it for uh, two years. Now we just have to put back the, the the deck that we tore apart. Oh, boy. Well, that sounds like a fun job. And I've decided if I ever hit the lottery, we're getting a wood deck. Okay. You know what? I like Because it. that's a lot easier to access things than concrete. Oh Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, there's that. I but anyways, hardly support this. But anyways, we got lots of news to get into today. Uh, starting out with the president used his 17-minute primetime address on Thursday to talk about gun legislation. The speech overall was a speech directed at Congress to do something, as we have seen many mass shootings in the U.S. in the last few weeks. Enough, enough, enough. This one's the one where he says enough is enough. The president wants legislation that would ban assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, and if that cannot be done, he wants Congress to raise the age to purchase those firearms from 18 to 21. He wants stronger background checks, red flag laws, and repeal the immunity gun manufacturers and wants legislation to address the mental health crisis. Rational, common-sense measures. Both the House and the Senate have been working on some kind of gun legislation. Both have very different ideas of what it should look like, though. 
There's movement in the House on a fairly large package that includes some of the things the president talked about Thursday night. But it is very unlikely that that package will pass due to the 60 vote threshold that exists in the Senate to get bills passed. On the flip side, a fairly large group of bipartisan senators have been meeting the past two weeks to discuss some gun-related measures, including red flag laws, mental health, background checks, and funding for school security. We should know next week whether those talks help at all. President Biden believes if not, voters will be very outspoken. I believe the majority of you will act to turn your outrage into making this issue central to your vote. Pennsylvania, California, that is where 380,000 pounds of baby formula will be dropped off on June 9th and 11th. This comes as major retailers across the country continue to report formula shortages and parents continue to struggle to get any formula. The White House says this latest round of formula drop is being reported from an Australian company called Bubs. Last week, the FBA said Bubs products met all U.S. safety standards, and Bubs says it will provide enough powder to produce 27.5 million eight-ounce bottles. Several formulas from Bubs was improved, including Sage 1 and 2 Organic Infant Formula, Supreme Infant and Supreme Follow Formula, and Stage 1 and 2 Goat Milk Formula. The White House also announced that United Airlines has donated flights to bring even more formula to the U.S., this time from a U.K. company called Kendall Nurdle Care. United Airlines says it will fly more than 300,000 pounds of Kendall meals starting June 9th. We told you that the FDA and the U.S.'s largest baby formula maker entered into a deal, and it appears that all conditions for this deal were met, and they will start production this weekend. President Biden last week canceled student loan debt for 560,000 borrowers borrowers and it was for a specific group of people if you attended a non-defunded network of for-profit schools known as Corinthian colleges congrats your student loan debts were erased the president wiped out your debt to the tune of 5.8 billion dollars this is the largest singular loan discharge in the history of the department of education and some of these former Corinthian college students have already been granted forgiveness through a different program. Last week's announcement extended the eligibility for those that attended a Corinthian college from its founding in 1995 all the way to 2015. These students are getting forgiveness according to the Department of Education because the for-profit colleges have been in hot water with the government for years, and ultimately the Department of Education found that Corinthian colleges had misled students. This is just the latest in the president's actions to cancel student loan debt. Since January of 2021, he has canceled about $25 billion in debt for those who are permanently disabled and those who are in the public sector. For everyone else, there has been some reporting on the president weighing the options of canceling debt for everyone. An announcement on this has not been set in stone yet, but one could be coming soon. 
In a surprise move, OPEC Plus announced last week it would increase production by about 50% in July and August. Experts say it is something, but it may not be enough to combat the soaring gas prices. We have been seeing here in the United States. OPEC Plus, which is the major group of countries producing gas, led by Saudi Arabia, said it would increase oil production by 649,000 barrels a day. During the pandemic, OPEC Plus cut production dramatically and has been really hesitant to ramp it back up to full steam ever since, even after the invasion of Ukraine and Russia disrupted the oil market. The White House did respond and recognize the role of Saudi Arabia and the UAE and Kuwait and Iraq played in moving up the ramping up of production. That disruption the oil companies have had included a lot of things, but recently the news of the European Union just this week, they agreed to phase out 90% of the Russian oil in the next six months as part of the sanctions package against Russia. That means that the EU will be looking for gasoline and oil elsewhere to address the demand in those countries. Another big factor is China, which is the largest importer of crude. As its population comes out of its massive lockdown, demand for oil is going to increase there as well. Speaking of demand, when looking here in the U.S., demand for gas has not slowed down, even though we keep hitting record prices. On Friday, the national average for a gallon of gas was $4.71, and it is hard for prices to go down when people keep driving and absorbing these high costs. Not to mention, we just entered the traveling season, which is when prices are generally at their highest. Experts are skeptical that OPEC Plus can live up to this production projection because of the downsizing it went through during the pandemic. The pledge from OPEC Plus does not address how it will support the long-term issues and the other issues in the oil market. 4.4 million people quit their jobs in April. The report showed people are confident in the economy to quit their jobs and look for ones that pay better. There are some other numbers that will back this up. The Bureau of Labor Statistics also confirmed in April's report there was 6.6 million new hires And on the flip side, layoffs and firings decreased to a low of 1.2 million. At the same time, on the last day of April, 11.4 million jobs were open and available, and the unemployment rate remains low at 3.6%. Now, this is an employee's market, but that will not last forever. The chairman recently said that the job market will likely cool down in the fall and the winter. This report from April starts to hint that this may be true. Yes, the number of job openings was really, really high, but it is slightly less than it was in March. And yes, the quitting rate is really high, but it's just a little less than it was in March. But it is important to remember that a report for one month is not a trend, but it is worth keeping an eye on. According to a new employment report from the Bureau of Statistics, in May we saw pretty high wages in the utility sector, information sector, and financial services. But the fact is, wages also went up in all job sectors by about $0.10 in May. That brings the average hourly salary to $31.95. That is actually $0.05 more than last year. And again, that is not in all jobs, that is the average, so in order to find this, you need to factor in the higher paying jobs and the lower paying positions, and then you will get the average. 
The May report also showed that U.S. employers added 390,000 jobs in that month, and that brings the total jobs added to 6.5 million in the last 12 months. These jobs are most popular in manufacturing, hospitality, and transportation. The only place we saw a minor decrease was in the retail sector. It is important to note that the jobs market is still short of where we were before the pandemic, but we are getting close to regaining all of those jobs that were lost. The unemployment rate remained really low at 3.6% for the third month in a row. There were about 6 million people unemployed, which is basically at pre-pandemic levels. As we just told you in the last section, all indicators shows that this market is still super strong, and this job report proves once again that this is an employee's market, meaning employees can find better jobs at different companies with better pay or benefits, but it will not last forever like we said before. Getting into rapid news, the House's January 6th committee announces first hearings will be held in a primetime hearing. More details on that are available on Medium. The gunman that killed four in a Tulsa hospital a few days ago targeted a surgeon that he blamed for pain that he was experiencing. More information on that story is on Medium. Nick, what do you got for this Monday morning good news? All right, so my good news story for today is another one that comes from people helping Ukrainian refugees just have a place to stay and to try and give them a home away from home. So we've had plenty of these stories in the past, but this is just another one that really warms my heart and really makes me smile when I read about it, because really, it, it truly is amazing. This family is essentially giving up their business during the busiest time of the year for them to help house and to help you know just uh give ukrainian refugees a place to stay uh nitsa michael is an 84 year old woman who owns a hotel on the seaside in england and right now is pretty much the busiest time of the year for them uh her and her family run the hotel her daughter runs most of the like the day-to-day uh activities in the hotel and everything needs to be done there And so they run this hotel and now, like I said, it's about their busiest time of year. You know, it's summer, it's, this is when it's warm and everyone's coming to the beach and such, but they shut down so that Ukrainian refugees can have a place to stay. And it's actually a story that's very close to Nitsa's heart because she was a refugee as well, fleeing Cyprus when, uh, when Turkey invaded decades ago, but she wanted to give her hotel to help these refugees. And so they've been doing everything they can to help these refugees feel like they're at home. They give them, you know, essentials, welcome packs on their beds every day. Um, You know, they can roam the hotel. They spend time with each other, the refugees do. Uh, They have an entire WhatsApp group together. And, uh, you know, it's just they try to do so much for these people that are going through just such a hard time right now. Like, the things that are going on in Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine, are horrific. So to see people going as far as to close down their own businesses for an extended period of time and during the, you know, what would be their most profitable time of the year to give these refugees a place to stay, it's absolutely wonderful. And they still have room to you know house more refugees right now they're housing about 31 
and they have room for 70 in total. So their hotel is still on the Homes for Ukraine website. And, you know, they're continuing to take refugees in as needed. Just an absolutely wonderful story here. I love this. And it's just, again, it's heartwarming to see during this time. That is an awesome good news story, Nick. Yeah, I would definitely agree. You know, this is just one of those stories where, again, it's not the first time we've talked about this. This is not the first time we've had good news stories about people helping uh, Ukrainian refugees or anything like that. But it's just one of those stories where, again, it's just so heartwarming to see each and every time and the different ways that people are coming up with to help these refugees I just love them. I love them all. I love this one. Just seeing people give up, you know, any money that they may make, giving up their business for that amount of time to help these people. Just it's selfless. It's wonderful. Uh, just, just a wonderful story. I say it. I know I'm a broken record already, uh, but it's just truly wonderful. I couldn't agree more with you. That is the end of this Monday morning news episode. We will be back here Wednesday morning for an idiot in the news. But until then, have a great start to your week, everybody. Bye, guys.